Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 70 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Face it, you're putting off something and you know it. We're going to talk about that nasty habit of procrastination in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 7-0 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. We are your co-hosts for the podcast for what's next in life because we're here to help you discover the new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God's called you into. And part of that, a big part of that, is how we might put off doing things. Which we're really good at. We are good at doing that. <laughs> so Armin and I want to talk about procrastination today, and we decided to bring in not one, but two resident experts That's on right. procrastination. Yeah. So Armin, would you like to introduce our first guest? Yes. His name is Larry Gates. He's yes. a good friend and a mentor of mine. He's a jack of many trades, and he's the co-host of the Reinventure Me podcast. You guys may have heard of him. You may not have. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I want to introduce Armin Asadi, another co-host of the podcast, another expert in many things, <laughs> and a delayer of much work to be done. <laughs> so Armin and I decided, you know, we can't really do much in terms of any great beginning, anything that we want to do next in life if we don't talk about procrastination and really what it's made up in. Right. And we have skirted around this ground so many times. Yeah. I'll tell the listening audience what happened yesterday because <laughs> we normally record on Tuesday evenings and I called Armin and I said, in keeping with the topic of the show, do you mind if we put it off? <laughs> so we're actually recording this show Wednesday morning. Glad to be able to do that to demonstrate that, yes, we even procrastinate in putting the show out. <laughs> There's no other way of doing this. No, show. that's right. Exactly. This show is meant to happen, right? We've talked a lot about procrastination in the past. You know, we covered it way back in episode 18 when we talked about resistance and we've touched on it all along and we hit it about episode 20 when we were talking about productivity. Yeah. And then when we were talking about persistent resistance a few episodes ago, it came up again. Right. We were like, well, we're not tackling the ordinary variety day procrastination in that episode. <laughs> we were just going to cover, you know, what is the chronic stuff. Right. But honestly, procrastination is one of those things from an ordinary level. Man, we got to tackle this one. We've been putting it off far too long. Right? <laughs> now it's time to get serious. Yeah. Well, let's start out with an inspire me. Right? All right. This is a quote by Dennis Waitley, and I'm actually just reading the last half of this quote that he had, and he just says, no matter how much time you've wasted in the past, you still have an entire tomorrow. Hmm. And we've all wasted a lot of yesterdays and probably wasting it today. <laughs> well, it's so easy, isn't it, to think about all the time that you've wasted on something and you go, oh, if I'd only done it differently, but then you don't think about how you could only do it differently so you don't waste tomorrow. Right. 
<laughs> so that's what we want to talk about in today's show. I was out at despair.com earlier and I saw something that I thought was great. I love the despair.com posters and the one for procrastination says hard work often pays off after time, but laziness always pays off now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's an inspire me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the anti inspire me. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) But you know, it's easy to find that we are prone to instant gratification. We like the stuff that we can get right now. And that's, I think, one of the reasons we procrastinate. Yeah, it's true. So you found a couple of really interesting tidbits about procrastination. What was that? There are some surveys where more than half of Americans consider themselves not just occasional procrastinators, but chronic procrastinators. They would label themselves of, yep, Mm -hmm. that's me. If you wanted to define a characteristic of me, I am a procrastinator. So am I. Yeah, and that's what you... (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, I think I'm relabeling myself. I think I used to be referred to affectionately, but it was another way of saying procrastinator, right? I used to be referred to in my previous work as Last Minute Larry. Last Minute Larry. That was an actual name you had? Yeah. I had some people that knew me well enough to say, okay, we'll just give it to Last Minute Larry. He'll pull it out. hilarious. And I find, you know, as many people I think say, I work better under pressure, so I have to allow myself to not do it for so long that the pressure builds up. And that has been part of my own self-definition as well that Mm. I've identified with that. Yeah, I work really well under pressure. And so you give yourself that positive label for a habit, which is I'm allowing everything to kind of accumulate to the very end. And then, and then boom, it's upon me and I have no choice. You know? <laughs> but no, more than half people consider themselves chronic procrastinators. That's crazy. You don't normally think about it. When you're procrastinating, you're thinking like, I'm the only one sitting here with the gun to my head. <laughs> Yeah. And you don't normally think that, you know, half of the population is out there battling their own yeah, that, <laughs> procrastination. It literally beast. shocked me when you told me that because so yeah. many times I procrastinate and I sit there and I think, what is wrong with There's, Yeah. Like you're, you're, you don't want to admit it because, you know, otherwise everybody's going to go, oh, there's the procrastinator or me. Seriously. That's why we pick up with funny ways to say it, like last minute Larry or I work well under stress. You know? <laughs> I have to have the pressure on. Right. For, so those are more friendly ways to acknowledge something that's really happens with all of us. I don't know why it might actually be encouraging to know that I'm not a minority in this. You are you are not. <laughs> you, know? you are not. That's why we you know we brought out the resident experts for this show, right? When workers themselves were asked, okay, yeah. so how productive are you at work? They would say that they actually waste two hours a weekday on a job just putting stuff off. Two hours per workday just deferring stuff. That's equivalent to saying I spend 10 hours a week staring at Facebook during my shift. Social media or whatever, or just yeah. saying, oh, I'll get to it later. That's crazy. I mean, just think about your own internal dialogue, and I have to say this for myself. The amount of times that I have said, oh, I'll get to that later, there is a mental highway, indelible in my brain where there is no speed limit because that phrase has been said so long, I'll get to it later, that it becomes the default response. When you get something, oh, I'll get to that later. Or I see an email, oh, I'll get to that later. And you just keep pushing off and deferring and deferring and deferring. You're literally getting an emotional response from me every time you say that phrase, I'll get to it later. Because mm-hmm. I get so mad at myself every time I do that. Mm-hmm. I, that this becomes is, a trigger word. Oh, right? This is a very emotional topic to me because I procrastinate way too much and all it does is cause anxiety and just intense situations where I sit there and freak out 
why did I wait this long yep. and just beat myself up? You know, yep. I just ah. and you know you carry the stress of that with you too when there's things that are like you haven't yet done. It's always over you as a stress. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, the only way you can really eliminate it is by getting it done. Yeah, <laughs> or forgiving yourself for when you weren't able to do it. I still have an uncompleted assignment from college that I still think about on occasion. Are I, you kidding me? I kid you not. I was. <laughs> I told the professor I would get this paper turned in for a climatology class before I graduated, before this semester was done. Yeah. And he gave me a grade expecting me to have turned in this assignment, and wow. I have yet to turn it in. I don't even know who the professor is or anything, but honestly... I think about that. I mean, not every day, not habitually or whatever, right. but it comes up. It's like, oh, that's still like, I feel bad. I didn't get that thing. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and I think, that there's, I think there's something inside of that for all of us that we have things that we haven't done that, you know, it just kind of hangs out there for us. Well, that's okay. So why do we procrastinate? Well, why do you procrastinate? And I think what we talked about when we put this show together was we thought, hey, it might be kind of fun to do a little bit of a mashup, you know, each of us exchanging yes. some of our own internal motivations. And maybe you as a listener, you want to chime in and leave some of your own comments at our show notes at reinventure.me slash seven zero, because we'd right. love to hear some of your whys and some of your tips as well. But that's totally. what we're going to talk about here today. Yeah. So we are, we really are going to go back and forth. So I did my own notes on why I procrastinate and how I prevent it. And so did Larry. So two entirely different notes. You're going to hear it from two different perspectives, my perspective and Larry's perspective. Mm -hmm. But on the why side, the reason we're going down the why path first is for the purpose of self-awareness. If you can become more self-aware in terms of why you procrastinate, it becomes a lot easier to figure out how to stop it. Because if you know the why, you can implement the how. Mm -hmm. So for me, my why's are I have the need to have this perfect plan. I overanalyze, overthink everything before I start because unless I know it's perfect, I don't want to start mm-hmm. it. And then you know how often you get perfect plans mm-hmm. and it's not often. So the likelihood that I even get the project started because of my perfectionism is very limited. Yeah, I have the idea of it and I like the idea of it more than I like the work of it. Yeah. And I think it might be a form of that perfectionism. But you know, one of the interesting things that I pulled out is that uh, researchers, according to Roy Baumeister, a researcher in self-discipline, <laughs> she should know about this area, right? <laughs> he says that researchers have repeatedly failed to find a reliable link between procrastination and perfectionism. Hmm. They've looked for it and they cannot find that. That is probably the number one reason all of us say we procrastinate. Yeah. Is because we've got this, we're perfectionists, and we know what we want it to look like, and it's got to fit just so, and all the rest. Yeah. And yet, psychologists and sociologists have gone out to try to figure out, you know, how's that formed? Where's that link? And according to him, anyway, it doesn't seem to matter. Hmm. Perfectionism is not tied to it. That's crazy. But he says what the big thing is, is impulsiveness. How impulsive are you? That's the thing that causes you to procrastinate more likely. If you're highly impulsive, you're more likely to procrastinate. And I know that's true for me. I'm a fairly high impulse, high react kind of Why though? I don't understand distract, what, what, what's the connection person. between impulsiveness and procrastination. Uh, if, if you're impulsive, then you think that everything has to be done now. So you give up the longer term or the bigger things that take more time in order to do a bunch of little hits oh, that can be done right away. Gotcha. It's immediate gratification. So that actually goes with one of the points that I had, Mm -hmm. distractions. So there's always these random little things that pop up that I think I need to do them now. Yes. And I just impulsively, to to your point, say, yeah, I need to do this now. And I do it. And taking care of all those 
little things I've put off in the past or whatever it is, and I accomplish nothing in the meantime. You know, when you're procrastinating, I mean, when you're seriously procrastinating, you can get so much other stuff done because you just keep busy. You know that you're putting it off, but now all of a sudden your desk gets clean, your garage gets clean, all this other stuff that can wait yeah. gets done because you're just avoiding it. Getting the self-gratification hits, mm -hmm. but you also know every moment you spend doing something you know you're not supposed to, you're also dinging yourself in the process. You know, I like what Robert Brandt said. He said, we're kept from our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. Mm. And that's what happens when we get distracted. It's like there's a clear path to a lesser goal. I can knock that email out, yeah. or I can return these bunch of phone calls, or I can... Ah, my desk has been a mess. I can get that cleaned up, and it'll help me organize and yeah. work a little bit better. You know, you're you in my to, brain right now. Yeah, just <laughs> get out of my head, stuff. Larry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're sharing the same brain cell on this one. <laughs> can you read that quote one more time? Yeah, we are kept from our goal not by obstacles, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. Ah, oh, that's just painful reading. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it's painful oh. thought to have because you know how many lesser yeses do we say yes to when really the bigger thing is right in front of us and we I'm know that. so mad right now at myself just hearing these this yeah. is not a good topic for me <laughs> so what was one for you because I, I gave a couple what was another one yeah for i you? think i sprinkled some of mine in with yours anyway but i think one of the big things for me that i found with procrastination i mean there's two things really i'll just and i'll be done with my whys the two for me is one i don't like it i always put off doing my taxes and doing the bank reconciliation stuff and all that uh, sort of stuff because like. i just don't like it i totally agree I didn't write that, but I totally agree. I mean, it's just like, Terrible it's plain, it's plain simple. But when I know that it's something that I probably would enjoy doing and yeah, I'm just still putting it off doing, then a lot of the contribution factor for me is I'm confused about how to begin. I haven't chunked it down into small bite-sized things. Yeah. It still is a big thing and it feels looming and frightening and I don't know exactly know, you know, where to take the first bite. Yeah. That makes sense. I have that same issue. Yeah. Well, depending on the project. Right. So the other two I would throw in there is, I put a question in there, you work best under pressure, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to yell at myself, shut up. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you think you do, but the reality is you're probably just used to getting things done that way. Mm -hmm. And so you think you're better at getting things done under pressure, but it's rare that you do the work without that unnecessary pressure. Mm -hmm. And the quality of the outcome would probably go up. And my last one was just doubt. I constantly second guess, mm. you know, as long as I'm sitting here second guessing everything I'm doing, I'm constantly slowing down the process. And it's just some point I just need to have confidence in myself and say, all right, whether it fails or it succeeds, just move forward with it. Because honestly, even if it fails, you'll get it done faster because you know what didn't work. Yeah. You know, that's a good point you make about doubt, because I think doubt comes in, in different phases of the life cycle. At the very beginning, doubt expresses itself in I don't know where to begin, which was what I was saying. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know if I have a way of getting a handle on it. And so you kind of put it off and put it off and put it off. Then you start getting into it and it gets a little bit messy. And then you start having other doubts. I don't know if this is going to be good enough. I don't know if I can finish on time. Totally. All that stuff. Oh, yeah. Up, you know, absolutely. And yeah. then those doubts can turn into panic. And <laughs> once that sets in, so true. the panic cycle then keeps you from thinking about how you can do the next thing. Mm -hmm. And then you start looking at distractions for getting relief from the panic. Yeah. And it perpetuates the cycle. Yeah. That was a list of our whys. Maybe some of those apply to you. Some of those don't. But if you could just take whatever list that we've given, even if we didn't add it on there, just to be a little bit more self-aware of the reason why you procrastinate, it'll really help you figure out 
the which how strategy applies best to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's jump to the how to stop procrastinating. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. So what's your first thing that you've done in the past that's helped you in terms of procrastination? Well, I think one of the more holistic things, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I think one of the things that's really important is how you describe yourself. Yeah. You know, earlier we talked about, you know, are you a chronic procrastinator? Mm -hmm. So instead of saying I'm a procrastinator or I'm last minute Larry, reframe myself to say I'm becoming more disciplined Hmm. and actually frame it in the affirmative. I am becoming more disciplined rather than I am a procrastinator. I am a last minute guy. I work best under pressure. Say, I might work really well under pressure, but I can work well under any time. Hmm. And that would be a more positive way to have you start to engage your task is just how you think about yourself. Hmm. I like that. The term I would use is prioritization. But I got an actionable way of prioritizing from a Stephen Covey book, I think it was, where it was a four-box grid. And it was two terms on there. It was based on importance and urgency. And then so it was either important, not important, urgent, not urgent. And then I would categorize whatever I had to do based on... Where it fit in those four Yep. Was it urgent and was it important? And it would go into one if it wasn't. And then based on that, I would start prioritizing what actually needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And what helped me know what I should work on and what I shouldn't work on is what went into the urgent and important box. Mm -hmm. And then everything else didn't matter until those items got done. Right. And then I realized I kind of threw everything into the important mm-hmm. urgent. Right. Because <laughs> so everything's is all, important. Yeah. So uh, and everything's that, urgent. <laughs> yeah. So that was the next step I had to figure out. But prioritizing was a huge deal for me right. in terms of figuring right. out what to work on and not procrastinating and yeah. just getting distracted and all that stuff. Yeah. What's next for you? Well, one of the things that researchers have said, it really helps you stay on task and keep your ability to focus on something is when you think about what it is that you're trying to accomplish but you think about what the why is behind it. Why are you doing it? What's to be gained when it happens? Oh, that's good. And that's the key. Now, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it from a promotion mindset. What do I get Yeah. when it happens? For instance, say, you know, I put something together. I'm going to gain something from it. Yeah. But you can also look at it from a prevention mindset, which mm-hmm. is what do I lose if it doesn't happen? And it can be an incredibly motivating way for you to say, if I don't get through this, I'm going to be embarrassed. And those things can be incredibly motivating to help you break through procrastination. Hmm. So even think about what you're trying to gain, what you might lose, but think about the why. Why are you doing it? Why is it important? That was further down on my list. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I put on there was giving yourself consequences, whether it's good or bad, right? Right. So if I get this done on time and I just work on it now and not procrastinate, then I'll reward myself with fill in the blank. And if I don't do it now, then I give myself some kind of consequence where, you know, I don't get social media for the day or I don't get to watch Netflix at the end of the night or I don't get to read my favorite book or whatever. Yeah, well, my... So one of my procrastination management strategies is a little twist on that. Ready for it? Yes. When you're working on something and you get distracted, you go, oh, maybe I'm going to check emails. I mean, you distract yourself not by somebody so coming true. in, but yeah. you're thinking about other things you'd rather do. Yeah. Like, Maybe it's time to go for a walk, or maybe I'll check my emails, or maybe I'll call that person back, you know? And so yeah. instead of writing it on a post-it note or something and reminding yourself later, you just pick up the phone and make the call. Well, you know you're disengaging from what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So here's the way you turn those distractions into a reward. Back to your reward and consequences thing. Yeah. So you say, I will call that person, or I will go on that walk in 20 minutes if I still want to. 
or when I wrap this mm. up, if I still want to. Mm. And then what you'll find is oftentimes if you don't say no to something, but you just defer it, then when you get to that point where you go, okay, well, I don't really think I need to do that walk because I'm 20 minutes into this now and I'm really in a groove. If I want to take a walk in another 20 minutes, I'll do it then. You see, <laughs> so you take the thing that might distract you and you make it a reward rather than beating yourself up for it or discharging it. Yeah. Just push it out That's and good. say, in another 20 minutes, if I want to do it, I'll do it then. I like that. I like that. That actually goes with the uh, episode 20. You actually talked about that when you were talking about strategies to supercharge your productivity. Oh, okay. All right. You said work in 20-minute blocks. Yeah, the 20-minute focus blocks, yeah. right? Yeah. But in this case, what you're taking is you're taking the distraction and you're saying, I'm going to make that a reward mm-hmm. after I complete a focus block. Yeah, that's good. All right. So here's another one of my how-to strategies that I implement is I set deadlines, mm-hmm. but I set my deadlines. So even if I'm working on a project, right, and I'm working on a project with my business partner and we agree this project needs to be done in two weeks, mm-hmm. I don't go with the two-week deadline. I need to go with my own deadline. Yes. So I set a one-week deadline. Yes, good. And I say, so six days from now, seven good, days good, from good. now, that's my deadline. Yep. And I work towards that rather than the latter because I know I'm going to procrastinate. Yes. So if I'm going to procrastinate, I'm going to procrastinate my deadline, not the actual Well, you deadline. just implemented a strategy for what is a very well-known psychological phenomenon called hyperbolic discounting. That's a fancy term, but what it basically means is if I give you three months to do something, you think it's going to take less effort and it will be easier to do than if I tell you it needs to be done in two weeks. Right. Even if the amount of time you need to work on it between now and then is the same, yeah. you'll underestimate the amount of time that it's going to right. take. And uh, so setting longer-term goals actually has a disadvantage Mm -hmm. when you set long-term goals because you tend to think that you've already done it or you have more time to do it than you actually end up ever having. So the strategy that you just articulated was set a shorter-term goal. Yep. So always try to bring the goal in as short as you can, even what can I do today? (laughs) Yes. Today. (laughs) Yes. And it's funny because it gives you a reality slap and it helps you realize, okay, there's no way I can do this mm-hmm. in the set amount of time that I just gave myself, but it makes you work now. You give yourself that pressure, which mm-hmm. is crucial. What mm-hmm. about you? What's next? Well, one of the big things for me is to recognize that when I don't have something done, like I mentioned that paper that's still out there <laughs> will never be done. You know, Don't worry, Prof, I'm working on it. But the fact of the matter is we carry stresses of all the stuff that we have not done. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Zeingartnik effect. And it's our brains remember all the stuff that's uncompleted. Okay. And the only way to keep our brain from nagging us about all the stuff that's uncompleted is to either do the task or to have a good plan for how that task is going to be done. Okay. And that's what is important to write down as many of the activities where you know a clear task can be done. Hmm. Oftentimes we'll write it down but we'll write it down as the big thing, you know, complete this project by, you know, November 30th, but we don't have the detail about what it takes to complete the project. So our brain continues to nag us. So the more you can start writing down the specific tasks, Hmm. the more you relieve yourself of just the stress of all the stuff, because it comes back to, if I don't know how to do it, my brain is going to keep reminding me that I've got to do it. And then a doubt starts to kick in and it adds more energy and stress to your mental capacity just to try to figure all that stuff out. That's so true. 
That's so true. I, I like what William James said. He said, nothing is so fatiguing as the eternal hanging on of an uncompleted task. <laughs> that's so true. And oh, that's really, he's just describing, he's just, yeah, he's just describing the Zygartnik effect. So one way to just do that is to say, is to set these pre-commitments hmm. and it's to say, I'm going to finish this task by such and such a time back to your short-term goals. Right. But, that's good. But breaking it down and ha- making sure everything's written down. That's really good. So the next thing for me was setting reminders. And hmm. I don't know if this works for anybody else, but it really works for me. And I had to keep finding new ways to set reminders. So there was like the reminders list that you have on your phone. There was like these to-do lists that you can download the apps for Mm to-do lists. And I didn't find many that worked. And I realized if something actually took calendar space, even if it was a to-do item, and I would set it, this reminder, this calendar invite that I send to myself, it goes off every single day all the way to my deadline. And it annoys the crud out of me it's unbelievable (laughs) and i sit there and i look at this i'm like why is this still coming up and i it forces me to work on it because i'm so annoyed by the fact that this reminder is still coming up and taking up calendar space that's great so i don't know if that would work for anybody else but well those little tools like that that are there to remind you or nag you i mean few of us actually make appointments with ourselves on our calendar. And yet that's one of the most effective ways to work on a project is just block it out. This is time with myself to do it. But here's another interesting tool. There's a website called stick, S T I C K K dot com. Okay. And what you do on this website, Armin, is if you've got a goal to complete something. So for a project that you want to get done, you indicate what that project is. You enlist who you want to track with you on that project and you make a bet. Uh, this is one of the things that you can do. You can say, huh. I'm going to pay you, Larry, 20 bucks if I don't finish this project. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. This is awesome. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, it's stick. an accountability, but it puts a little bit of teeth to it. Yeah, because, you're putting uh, a from wager a on behavioral it. perspective, if you know that's back to that prevention, See, it sets a prevention goal. I, like I want to prevent losing 20 bucks. Yeah. So I'm going to get this done. And the public embarrassment of having to say that out yes. on this website with you. you yes. Know? You can make it public or you can make it private with your group of people. I oh, had a guy man. introduce me to this by signing me up. He, he was going to pay me five bucks if he didn't read a book. <laughs> you know? I'm like, go, don't read that book. I'll take your five bucks. I'll take no, your actually, five. I was cheering for him, you know? Really? But I just thought it was a cool tool to use and another way in which you can. My friends it. are going to get a part time job off me. <laughs> yeah. Well, sign money. me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, my next one is breaking your tasks down. So, if I get a project that's sent my way, especially big projects, I freeze because I don't know where to start and where to end. So the first step I ever take to a project that I get is I break it down to actionable items within that actionable item, right? That sounds confusing, but I take a big project and break it down into a step-by-step task so I know what my first step is. And I'll just take my first step. I check that off. So rather than trying to check the project off, Mm -hmm. I break that down into several steps and I check each step off because each one of those little victories it's a euphoric thing for me because every time I check it off, I think, ah, progress. Yep. I didn't finish yet, but I finished that. Yep. Get a little dopamine verse by getting a little thing done. And that comes back to a lot of the reasons we procrastinate is that we've set too undefined of a project. Mm-hmm. And so when you break it down and you put it into smaller goals, you can see where you can, see, you can start to see how you can do it. Mm-hmm. And that enables you to get a little bit more motivated. Right on. Well, the last suggestion I might have, if all else fails... <laughs> 
and procrastinating. Do nothing. Hmm? This is one of the techniques that a novelist, Raymond Chandler, uses when he was wanting to write. Okay. He would say, I'm going to spend three hours writing or nothing. In other oh. words, I'm going to stare out the window. I can't organize my desk. I can't look at emails. I can't go for a walk. I can't do anything but sit in my chair and write. Two options. I can sit there bored or I can sit there and write. That's and when smart. he narrowed his options to those two things, he found that he got boredom to work for him. Oh, that's good. Because oftentimes what we do is we sit there and we try to get something done and then we find everything else around us to do and he just said nope uh, that isn't my option my two options are nothing or the thing i'm here to do hmm. that's so good so try it i've tried it it's an incredible, uh, incredible i already tool. know that would work if i can actually <laughs> stay bored and not do anything else and force myself to do it well i mean we could talk about procrastination till the cows come home but we'd only be putting <laughs> we'd only be putting off our challenge me for this episode so Tee it up for us. What should we be thinking about? Sure. Well, I think we've given a lot of strategies that mm-hmm. you could implement in terms of how to stop yourself from procrastinating. So I guess we'll just keep the challenge simple and just say, pick one, implement it, and see how it goes. If it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't, try something else. Yeah. And keep note along the way as you're going through it. As Armin talked about earlier, that self-awareness is really important. Mm-hmm. So you know, kind of keep track of what's going on inside of you as well as you're doing it, because you're going to learn a lot about yourself yeah. and develop your own strategies. Yeah, it's a bit of trial and error, but once you figure it out, it works well. Absolutely. Well, we would love to hear from you about the things that you do to overcome procrastination in your own life. Would you leave us a comment on our show notes at reinventure.me slash 70 or call our show line at 612 314 Five four four seven. We'd love to hear from you and perhaps feature an example or a comment that you might have on the show. Feel free to give us a call. That's all the time that we have for this episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, this is Larry Gates and Armina Sadi, and we're saying so long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts Larry Gates and Armina Sadi.